welcome to Drive Fix the Podcast, where I pick the podcast and I shut my cake hole. And today we are going to be discussing the seventh episode of season five of Supernatural titled The Curious Case of Dean Winchester. Jamie, what did you think? I am very disappointed in this episode. Yeah, Sarah Campbell dropped the ball. I saw Sarah Campbell's name. I'm like, this is probably going to be really like interesting. Like there is going to be so much. I'm going to be like, wow, what a wealth of content to mm-hmm. analyze. And there really wasn't. Like, there is there is stuff here, and we're going to get into it, obviously. That's the entire point of the podcast. But, like, I was just, like, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, this is, like, such an interesting premise. I agree with you. I think the premise is great. Yeah. Like, the bones are there. I just don't feel like it was actually fleshed out yeah. properly. Like, with enough maybe nuance. Mm. Like, I think a lot of it is played... For jokes, which is fine. Like, it's it's a filler episode. Yeah. Like, obviously. And also, the dude playing old Dean is fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's great. And his performance is fantastic. Mm. But it just, I don't know, it felt like a concept where they just couldn't decide what sort of tone they were going for with it. Yeah, it felt very, like, either it's very serious. Yeah. Or very light. My three favourite components of this episode, right? Mm. It's And they're very distinct yeah. components. Like, I... Personally, for me, this is not an episode that I love. I don't really come back to it. But there are three things I do like. One, I like the exploration of Bobby's mental health. I think it's important, and I'm glad that they actually address the fact that he's Mm -hmm. gone through a serious life-altering situation, and he's not coping very well. Number two, Dean's little jump sidekick at the very end of the episode. Uh, It's so cute. Very different vibe from point number one. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, like I said, you know, flipping coins with this episode. The other thing I love is just the character that is Patrick. I think he's great. I think he's very fun. I think he's really interesting. And as far as a, like, quote-unquote villain goes, I think he's very compelling. Do we ever see him come back? Unfortunately not. He would have been one who I think would have been really fun. They really are just like, we're going to introduce these concepts that are so interesting and then never revisit them. To be fair, I think that a lot of these episodes, like, they thought this was going to be the final season. I don't know at what point they found out they were being renewed, but I guess that this was kind of like their last hurrah. There's a good chance that this season was a lot of like hey here's a bunch of ideas that we've had but just never got around to doing let's just do all the ones we wanted to do and i think that like this very may well be one of those and that could be why it doesn't feel so fleshed out maybe it was a little rushed maybe it's one of those things where they're like oh yeah we've already done this like we don't have to worry about it and then they looked at it and like the day of like oh actually we haven't done this Look, there were a couple of things that I enjoyed about this episode. So maybe we should hit the things that I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. Then we'll get into, like, the serious actual analysis. And then we'll just, like, rapid fire through all the stuff that was bad. Yeah. So I just want to start with something that made me so happy. It's not good. I want to be clear. <laughs> it's, it's not good, but it did make me so happy. Mm-hmm. And that is someone referring to Dean as looking like Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I just, was wondering if you'd bring that up. It just threw me back to fucking every time we've been like Palpatine lightning. lightning. I'm like, Dean is now Emperor Palpatine. Like, canon. We know that he grows up to look like, not really, like, yeah. but. Sam's taken the piss. Yeah. But, you know, actually on that, I wanted to note one of the other things that I really liked was when Dean and Bobby are, like, arguing, and Sam goes, wow, it's like grumpy old men, and they both go, shut up, Sam, at the same time. Like father, like son. (laughs) I do like all of the things where Dean's like, oh, this thing hurts, and Bobby's like, that's just fucking this. It's like Like, sciatica. You'll get over it. Acid reflux. Suck it up. Like, I've been through all of this. There is a moment in this episode where I think it's Bobby says, you're 30. 
to mm. Dean when Dean is... Oh, Sam does. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, when Dean, Sam, yeah. Dean goes, like, when you get to be our age, and Sam's like, get 30, Dean! And I'm like, damn, he's... <laughs> he's busy. <laughs> but also, Sam is wrong. Mm. Like, objectively, mm-hmm. Sam is wrong. Because here's the thing. Dean spent 40 years in hell, so his body actually looks closer to his mental age right now than it ever has since, like, the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Because he is, like, mentally, he is 70-odd. 70. 70 yeah. And now he's just in the body of an 80-year-old because mm-hmm. he lost 50 years of his life. Yeah. So it's like... This episode does stir up some emotions for me purely because this is the oldest we ever get to see Dean. Because, I mean, you know how it ends. Yeah. And that is sad for me. I'm like, he should have got to get to this point organically and naturally and like we know that he never does but yeah it is also really interesting that this is the first time since season three that he has actually looked his age he's still probably about 10 years off but it's still closer than he has been previously because he's been like the mental age of 70 in a 30 year old body yeah he's the mental age of 70 in an 80 year old body so it's like it's actually much closer this is way closer than he has ever been to actually looking his age which is Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this episode is wild. <laughs> like, like we were saying, like a lot of it is played for jokes and stuff, and even like the banter between Dean and Bobby, like it's it's very sort of relaxed. But also, like you think about it, and you're like, God, this is depressing. <laughs> like this is miserable, actually. So to go from misery, let's move on to something else that I really liked, mm-hmm. and I want to be clear, I don't didn't really like it because I thought it was good. I really like it because there there are implications though that I think are very fun. The implications are obviously queer Dean implications. Oh my god! Because yes. he doesn't <laughs> hesitate to look at another guy's dick to ID him by his birthmark, which oh, is I know some gay shit right I, there. No, here's the thing: Sam had already ID'd him by the tattoo. Dean did not have to do that, <laughs> and yet. Literally, my note was Sam recognises the, t- the tattoo. Dean recognises his dick, question mark. I'm like, birthmark? Sure, LMAO. It was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. That Wild. man is fruity. Yeah, I know. I know. He. You don't just look at another dude's dick with no, like... Sam shows no interest in this. No. But I also love that Sam does not blink. <laughs> Sam's like, yeah, that's just, that's just Dean. He's just doing his thing. He's, just, a, he's a little fruity. He's a little fruity. We don't of talk course about he's going to ID the man based on his like birthmark on Quite his unquote. dick. And, not... <laughs> and here's the thing. They could have chose to do this in any way. There could be any secondary thing for Dean to have ID'd him by. They had already got his ID from his wallet. ID, tattoo, and then if like maybe he had a birthmark on his like ankle or something. Yeah. Works exactly the same without having Dean just be like, I'm going to look at a dude's dick. Yeah. And if they wanted to have some sort of like thing where Dean was like physically invading the guy's space or whatever, because like part of it is to make the guy uncomfortable, right? Yeah. They could have had him grab his shoulder, pull him forward and have like a birthmark on his shoulder or his back. It didn't have to be his groin slash like, to be fair, it could be his like abdomen, legs, whatever. But, but like, also, it's heavily implied that dude is not wearing underwear because he yeah. was just sleeping with two ladies. Uh-huh. And whether the birthmark is specifically on his dick yeah. or, like, on, you know, his upper thigh or his, like, lower stomach. His or dick is still there. His dick is still right there. And Dean showed Pres- no hesitation. really hard. Like, <laughs> like, presumably. Sorry. Really depends <laughs> on how quick uh, Dean and Sam entering killed the mood. <laughs> oh, God. 
the moment when they're leaving and Dean looks at him and he goes, stay classy. I'm like, bro, you're the one who stormed into his room and looked at his dick. <laughs> like, Accused him of lying, looked at his dick, and then <laughs> interrogated him about a poker game he played. Like, oh, oh, it's crazy. This episode just is... Insane. Yeah. <laughs> I also just want to reflect on how bad all of the decisions that every main character made in this episode. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. We haven't really had that many Sarah Gamble episodes that haven't focused on some sort of, like, faith element. Yeah. Is this the alternative? Like, is this, like, if she, if she can't write about angels, she'll write about whatever this was? <laughs> she does really like putting her characters in a position where it's like they're a ticking time bomb to die. Yeah. For health-related issues. Oh, I do just want to talk about, like, a personal gripe I have with this episode. I want to be clear here. It is nothing against the episode itself. It's just that I'm a dumb bitch. And <laughs> I about poker? don't understand how poker works. <laughs> Me neither. I don't. Fo- so anytime a show ever uses poker, unless uh-huh. they explicitly explain to me what is a good hand at poker and what is a bad mm-hmm. hand at poker, I am lost. I have yeah. no fucking idea. At this point, I might as well learn how to play poker just so that I can understand, understand media television shows. Genuinely, I don't know why, it's just poker just seems to be assumed knowledge. Is there, did I miss a class at school? Are we all supposed to just inherently be birthed knowing how to play poker? Like, is this like just knowing the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody? Is it supposed to be an innate thing? You know, because I swear They're like God, riding a bike. Fuck off, Jamie. You know I'm sensitive about that. <laughs> literally, I have a note. This situation would make a lot more sense if I knew literally anything about poker. <laughs> Like, I get, like, oh, a four of four. Like, four fours. Like, ooh, you know, spooky. Wow. Wow. But, like, four why fours. is four I'm sure fours? That's why is that better than two kings? Like, I don't know, man. Who decided that? Who? Like, here's the thing about poker. It doesn't make any... Like, who inherently decided what was worth more than something else? Like, why are... Like, aces, right? Yeah. Why is an ace worth more than a three? There are the same number of these cards in a pack. Why is one worth more than three? Like, it doesn't make any motherfucking sense. Okay, let's just, like, pull you back off that ledge a little bit. I was about to go into a full-on crisis. (laughs) The long and short of it, we are dumb and don't understand poker, so 90% of this episode went straight over our heads. Yeah, I was just like, I believe Maybe it's more of an American thing. Maybe. My thing is, like, like, I understand that when you're, like, doing TV shows or whatever, like, they will order the cards so that when they're pulling them they'll like pull yeah. the ones that they need so that it's like an actual yeah. whatever or if you're leveraged could... you'll very visibly show you all of the characters fucking cheating yeah exactly and they'll just like pass the cards to whoever needs yeah them. right and i'm like i'm just believing you when you say this is a good hand you could have any cards and tell me it was a good hand and i'd be like all right I've got no like, frame of reference. From, I'll believe you. From context, you can kind of work out if a hand is a good hand or it's a bad hand. But, like, this episode especially, literally, they just show you the shot of the cards they had in their hand. And you're meant to know if that's good or bad. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Literally, like, okay. I was waiting for the context to be revealed of him to be like, oh, wow, that was a good bluff or whatever. Like, Do you want to know where everything I know about the game of poker comes from? No. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. It comes from the 1998 film The Parent Trap, introducing Lindsay Lohan. That is my extent of knowledge on poker. That's where I was introduced to the game, and I've not learned fucking anything since. 
That's it. So what you're saying is we need to learn how to play poker. I don't know if I've got the fucking energy. It seems like a lot of work and I'm bad at lying. Like, <laughs> I would be bad at poker. My card game is Uno. I like Uno Flip. We, I play Uno Spin more often than Uno Flip. Mm. Actually, I don't think I've ever played Uno Flip because we had it at Christmas, but I was barbecuing while you were playing, so I wasn't really. I offered to help you with the barbecuing there. Uh, well, I was trying to be a good host. But yeah, no, like, actually, maybe we should start a petition. Every single movie or TV show, right, where they want to have a scene where they're playing poker, I think from now on, they should just play Uno. Okay. Because, here's, hear me out. One, Uno cards, much more fun, very colorful. Yeah. I think the stakes of Uno are inherently higher. Because yeah. if someone is like draw four, and then, I know not everyone plays like this, but then a second motherfucker puts down a second draw four, you're going to incite the most furious argument. Like, you the tensions are high. Fucking pain. And then I- when you decide that, yes, the house rules are, you're allowed to play light mm-hmm. cards on top of them. Mm-hmm. And then that third fucker pulls out a draw four as well. Bro, I once had a game where we had so many people playing that we were using two decks. One person had to draw 26. <laughs> because we had draw fours and then it'd be like, I've changed the color of green. And then the next person would be like, well, I've got a green draw two. So, you know, and it would just keep going around the circle. And yeah, this poor fucker had to pick up 26 cards. And you know what? I think they ended up winning. You know it's fucking wild. I think it beats poker every time. I think that it is more intense and it's fucking easier to follow. So this is my petition. Fuck poker. You know, if you want to make it even more intense, you know spin or you know flip. Mm. Like, that's my petition. But fuck you know attack. I I don't think I've ever played you know attack, so I can't really have an opinion there. That's the one where you have to, like, hit the button and it'll give you, like, sometimes it'll give you zero cards. Sometimes it'll give you one card. Sometimes it'll just spit a whole fucking chunk of cards out of you. I'm not a fan of card or board games that require, like, an electronic element. Purely because I'm like, the likelihood of, like, the machine fucking up is, like, much higher. Like, well, so the cards, has... as long as you can pick up the card, you're fucking fine. But if the machine breaks, it's like, wow. But also, who the fuck has batteries? That too. Anyway, this is so relevant. Yep, okay. So relevant. You mentioned before that you wanted to talk about all of the terrible decisions people keep making, and then we yeah, completely so moved on. So maybe go back to that. I have two notes here that tie together. Mm-hmm. The first one was Bobby have fewer bad ideas. <laughs> just so, just so you know how I'm, I'm feeling about Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then my next one was Sammy dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so just reflect on the way I speak about the characters in my notes and draw your own conclusions. We haven't used that word on this podcast before. I think it might be our Five seasons in. We've done pretty well. It's basically un-Australian of us. <laughs> because here's the thing. The reason it escalates, and like, mind you, they're like four or five notes apart. So like, there's notes between them. Mm-hmm. But Bobby signs up, and Bobby's like, I'm a pretty good card player. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone theoretically loses at this game. I could potentially win. And then Dean doesn't really think it through, but he's like, okay, I'm going to try and win Bobby's, Bobby's years, years back because otherwise Bobby's going to basically immediately die. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Dean gets a pass. He's panicking. That's his father in that wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And he really wants to make sure that Bobby doesn't immediately die. Yeah. It's also, life or death stakes and those life or death stakes are immediate. Yeah. And it's also a case of like Dean isn't playing for Bobby. Dean immediately cashes out on Bobby. Like yeah. he's going into the game knowing that the buy-in is 25 years yeah. and he's like, well... I'm going to give those 25 years to Bobby and then I'll play the other, tw- like, yeah. 25. So uh, he couldn't just, like, go into it and then just immediately cash out. Like, that's not how. Yeah. I mean, we just agreed we don't know how poker works. I'm assuming that's not how yeah. poker works. 
So he didn't go in there to gamble more on Bobby. He went in and was like, no, I am just giving Bobby 25 years back. Yeah. And then obviously it is revealed that it is part of the plan that Sam is playing him at poker. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, I was like, I saw Sam there. I was like, Sam, you dumb fuck. Like, Bobby has lost. Mm-hmm. Dean has lost. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to be the exception to the rule? Here is my thinking on this. Sam has gotten so good at lying. True. Over the course of seasons three and four. I think season one Sam would have lost. Yeah. But post season four Sam, who mm-hmm. spent that entire year lying through his motherfucking teeth. And we've talked a lot about how but Here's the thing. He got, he's not just lying. Through season three and four. He's manipulating. Mm, mm-hmm. It's not just like... Yeah, it's the same, it's I mean, not, it's the same skill. It's yeah. a transferable skill. They're almost the same thing, but not quite. Mm-hmm. He's not just lying. He is very specifically manipulating Dean, so Dean doesn't ask questions. And he's also been spending time with the master manipulator herself, fucking Ruby. Mm-hmm. And from what I can tell, poker is definitely... It's, it's about manipulation. It's about manipulating the other person's perception. Yeah, I mean, we see that because Bobby literally says it's not about playing the cards, it's about playing the person, or I think him and Sam sort of bicker back and forth about that. But it's also seen in the way that Patrick runs his games. Yeah. And actually, I wanted to mention the fact that he says to Sam, they still want to sit you at the kiddie table. And I thought that was an interesting run on from last episode, where it was one of the last two episodes, (laughs) whichever one it was, where Sam was saying, you have to let me grow up. I thought that that was an interesting run on. Yeah, on that sort of conversation. And then also to add the stakes of, well, he literally will not be a kid anymore if he loses. And then to have Sam actually win on a massive and irrational bluff. I also think it's definitely playing that perception of, like, Patrick definitely thought Sam was a way more moral person than he was. Mm -hmm. Like, I think because Dean treats Sam like he's a way more moral person than he is. Patrick has seen the way, like, Dean and Sam interact mm-hmm. and has sort of assumed that because that's how they interact, that Sam is, you know, the younger kid sibling who wants to tell the truth and that sort of stuff and is more, like, yeah, exactly. naive like- or innocent almost. I was really shocked, though, that this episode, that Sam's demon blood never came into play. So here's the thing about that. We get at the start of season five, they get, like, zipped up into the airplane and yeah. like, Sam's like, I'm cleansed. And basically, I think And he hasn't relapsed yet. He hasn't relapsed yet. So I think that that is probably why. And we had this in last episode too, when the demon's using like the psychic stuff and throwing them against walls and things. I'm so used, and like I'm sure you are now, used to Sam being able to just like clap back. Yeah. And be like, actually, you thought, you know, and like be like, I'm going to throw you against a wall. Like, or like people trying to use stuff on Sam and it just like literally not working. Yeah. It's weird now watching him be susceptible. Yeah. And so I think actually on that, while it's weird for us as an audience, I think for Sam, it must be quite, not embarrassing, but like... I think almost terrifying, actually. Because like... say infuriating. Because he knows he doesn't have to put up with it. Yeah. But he also knows... And it's... Like, he's scared because he knows he can't go back to demon blood. Like, that fucking started the apocalypse. Exactly. And so I think it's, like, this massive reminder of an intense vulnerability that he didn't have for a long time. Like, he was basically impervious to a lot of this stuff for the better part of a year. And then for that to just be sort of stripped from him very sort of, like, instantaneously and to know that that is not something that he can fall back on. Mm. 
it's interesting to sort of see him be, yeah, subject to that kind of attack when we're so used to him being able to sort of, like, throw it back as good as he gets. I was surprised, though, that given this, like, which has been around for 900 years, I think they, they give his age. I am shocked that given everything the Winchesters have done, he didn't seem to have any recognition of who they are. Because, like, you can't tell me that you live for 900 years and you don't consort at least a little bit with demons and shit. Like, Patrick, to me, and, like, to be fair, we don't ever get any further no. information on this, so this is just me spitballing, but Patrick, to me, seems like the kind of character who they keeps relatively to himself. Like, he doesn't want to draw attention from hunters, obviously. He doesn't want to, like, really do much in the way of, like, significant harm, I suppose. Because, like, hear me out on this. I think Patrick is a very interesting character from a moral standpoint. Because, like, yes, obviously what he is doing is stripping people of literal years of their lives, but he also is weirdly just Mm. in the way that he runs his games. Like, we have multiple instances of him saying to people, like, that's basically suicide. I'm not a murderer. Like, I'm here to play a game. I'm not here to kill people outright. Like, Mm. the whole point is that if you think you're good enough to take me on, you can play yeah. And if you lose, then you lose fair and square. You knew the terms. Yeah. But I'm not going to take you on for the purpose of killing you. That's not I'm my, not you know. going to allow you to gamble years. That would mean you'd auto-die at the end of it. Yeah. And like, you can't go in as, like, a 50-year-old and say, I'm going to gamble 75 years. Yeah. Like, he's not going to allow you to do that. 25? Okay, because you could theoretically Live. lose 25 years of your life and still have years left over. Yeah. But he's not going to allow you to gamble every single year that you have. Yeah, exactly. And we also have a, multiple instances in this episode of him letting people win. Like, yeah. he let the guy get the 13 years. He literally was like, well, you're up by 13 years. How about we call it a day? And I think also some of that is because Sam had shown up. I Yeah, I think so too. But it's also like, he didn't have to do that. Sam already knows who he is. Sam knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to try and play to him. But also, the very first guy that we were talking about before, that like, you know, they ID'd him by the tattoo, the fucking wallet, and his dick. Totally normal sentence. Like, exactly. What reason did he have to let him win? Yeah. And this is the thing, it's like... If you are good enough to beat him at poker, he's not going to like, do anything dodgy if you do beat him fair Mm -hmm. and square. Like, yeah, exactly. If you win, you win. Like, he's not... Yeah, and I just... I think Patrick is, yeah, a very interesting character. And I do really, like, like him. And actually, his partner as well, whose name I don't know if we get. But, like, we actually get a line from Sam where he's like, you're so nice for a witch. It's actually yeah. kind of creepy. And, like, yeah, because for the most part... And, like, Dean actually mentions too, like, since when do we have a witch who's not spewing bodily fluids everywhere? Like, yeah. this is the first instant of, like, witchcraft I think we've seen in the show where it's sort of in a moral grey basket. Yeah. And they're not, like, sacrificing rabbits or, like, just outright killing people or... For them, it's not about, like, a vendetta or getting revenge or, like... And here's the thing, I'd argue that he's not even doing it for power. Mm. He's doing it for time, which I think is significantly different. He just wants to continue survive. Like, he wants to live. And, like, okay, that's not great because everyone has to die eventually. But also... He's not doing it so that he can become mega powerful and, like, have all the power and punish anyone he wants and all of this sort of stuff. Like, unlike, you know, the witch in Malleus Maleficarum, yeah. where it was very much like, oh, well, my husband cheated on me, so I want to kill him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, 
or I was his mistress and he refused to leave his wife. Like, yeah. It's not that sort of, like, personal motivated vendetta. It's, it's not petty. No. Like, most witchcraft we see is relatively petty or driven by a desire for more power yeah. or for domination kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, don't get, get me wrong. His, like, his desire for more time is inherently selfish mm-hmm. because he is taking it from other people. But he is also, he's not taking it from other people unwillingly. Like, they are not saying, no, I don't want you. Like, they can say no. Yeah. At any point, they can walk away, and he will let them walk away. He is not forcing anyone to play him at poker. Yeah, I guess the thing there is, like, because I agree with you, but I think the only caveat to it is that I don't know if you could call it informed consent. The only people that we see who fully understand what they're going into is Sam, Dean, and Bobby because they know full well that witchcraft is real and they have evidence that this guy is performing the legit stuff. Yeah. Everyone else, like, if you had someone come up to you and be like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? Even if I couldn't figure out how they'd done it, I'd be, like, impressed, but I would also just be like, oh, that was some cool sleight of hands that I don't understand because I don't know how to do it, right? I don't know the trick. So if a guy came up to me and was like, hey, you want to play poker? First of all, we'll be like, have you got, you know? (laughs) But also... If they were like, oh yeah, do you want to like gamble 10 years? I would be like, you're just fucking with me, you know? Oh, you just want to make it a friendly game with like nothing as the stakes. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll instead like, of gambling oh, okay. money. Like, yeah, I'll bet the Eiffel Tower, you know, yeah. a thing that I also have the ability to bet, you know? <laughs> it's just stupid. I don't, so I don't think that you could necessarily call it informed it's consent. It's still consent, but it's just not informed consent. Honestly, the other thing is he's not lying to anyone. He's telling them exactly what their stakes are. Like it is on him. If they don't believe him. But it is also like, he is straight up telling them the stakes. It's just that they don't believe him. So I think it's a very messy area because personally, I don't think you could call it informed consent. But also, like, you're right. He is giving them all of the information. It's just that they They don't necessarily have the knowledge to understand the reality of the thing they're agreeing. It's the exact same thing that, like, demon deals are. It's operating yeah. in the same sort of great... Like, the demon tells them straight up, you get 10 years and then we take your soul, but we will do this thing for you. Like, mm-hmm. they're making a deal, and the but, demon is giving them all of the information they need to know to make the deal, but mm-hmm. the issue is not enough people understand the actual implications of making the deal. Yeah. And then you also have... think it's a bluff. And then you also have the cases in which they straight up make de- demon deals with children. Mm-hmm. Or people who are intoxicated. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. And so it's all very, very messy. But I do think Patrick, unlike demons that we've seen made deals before, personally, like, I find him a much more sympathetic character. Well, he seems to at least have some standards in regards yeah. to, like, his informed consent isn't the most informed it possibly could be. Mm. But also... He's not playing these games to necessarily kill people or anything like that. He's playing these games to win their years off of them so that he can continue to live. And actually, I have a question about this. Because Mm. other than the poker, the one thing that's always confused me about this episode is that obviously his partner is, she's like, quite depressed because she's buried her daughter and, like, her daughter was, like, clearly, like, in her 80s or 90s. Like, she lived a full life and, you know, she says it's unnatural. And, like, I fully understand that, right? Yeah. My question is, why did they not just also keep the daughter young? I don't know. Like, clearly they're rolling in lives. Like, they didn't... They're not sure. So I'm kind of like, I don't quite understand why you wouldn't have just allowed her... Unless she declined, which obviously is her right. Yeah. But I'm also sort of like, 
I that part has never quite made sense to me. Yeah. But I do appreciate that we get to see the ending of their relationship. Mm. Like Patrick and, and the woman whose name I don't think we get. And I appreciate that, like, he says, like, you knew what you were getting into. Like, when you said you wanted to come with me, like, I explained and you knew. And she was like, yeah, but, like, I thought I was cut out for it and I'm not. Like, I miss my family. And, like, it's that whole thing about, like, immortality, which is, sure, you get to live forever, but everyone around you, you just lose them continuously. Now, imagine this episode instead of the one with Doc Benton. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're so right. You are so right. This episode should have gone at second last in season three. You are so correct. The only thing being, obviously, the stuff with Bobby would not have made mm-hmm. sense. That is so infuriatingly annoying. This makes so much more sense. And also Sarah Gamble. Mm-hmm. Sarah! Sarah, babe, sweetie. Oh, that's so frustrating. Because you're right. Like, this concept there yeah. would have made so much more sense Although, I guess then it depends, like, does the witch's power override the demon deal? Like, I guess it becomes, like, a discussion of inherent power, like, mm. or do they cancel out? Yeah. I guess it could be the other thing. Anyway, they could have they could have explored that concept. Yeah. But, yeah, this episode would have fit so much better than whatever the fuck they were, whatever crack they were snorting when they thought of Doc Benton. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. This is a... That never ends poorly. <laughs> Never in my life have I regretted asking you that question or saying that to you, Jamie. So, through the episode, they keep saying he-witch. That bugs the shit out of me. Right? Or man-witch. And I was like, is witch a fucking gendered term? Like, like, if you're going to say it's a gendered term, wizard is right there. Like, wizard, mage, fucking sorcerer. Yeah. Any other term other than he-witch. I was like... Why? It weirded me out every single time they said it. Thank I was like, you. and I'm like, we have had male presenting characters who practice magic. Like, we've had that, and I don't think we've ever had them referred to as like he witch. I don't understand why that was at all necessary. Yeah. And they do it so many times. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that when they do it to his face, I think it's supposed to be like emasculating. And I'm like, okay, you know. Blah, 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 2009, bullshit, big yikes, yada, yada. But when they're doing it, like, just to each other, I'm like, my dudes, why just look synonym? Like, yeah, just Google it. <laughs> it's not that hard. Okay, let's move on, because mm-hmm. we will start spiraling about that. Let's talk about our favourite topic of conversation. Oh. It comes up, like, almost every episode. Dean throws out the burger. Oh my god, I know. At the very end. Dean food insecurity. Okay, I have thoughts about this. Okay. I have thoughts. I thought you might. This moment, like, obviously, I think what they're intending is, like, to throw back to the whole acid reflux thing, right? Yeah. And Dean's like, mm, thinking second thoughts about this burger. I don't think that's correct. I think Dean would have ravished that burger being like, thank god I can eat thank- this without the acid reflux. Yes, exactly, right? That's how I would probably have, like, thought about mm-hmm. it. I think that he puts it down because it comes off the back of the conversation with Bobby. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that conversation, Bobby does the whole, like, oh, we done talking about our feelings. I want to get out of this room before we start growing lady parts. Which is, again, like, Bobby. Come on, dude. The fuck? Like, like, he has no. some really great lines. Like, he literally has brains, traps, legs. Which Hilarious. I think is funny as hell. <laughs> and then he just has some, like, weird lines like this. And I was like... What's really upsetting is, like, we joke a lot about Dean being, like, a repression boy or whatever, right? And, like, that comes down to a lot of things. It could be about his sexuality, it could be about his, like, general emotions and stuff. I really find it very frustrating 
Because every single time that Dean does try to open up to someone emotionally, nine times out of ten he gets shut down. Is the one time out of ten when he's doing it with Cass? Yeah. Like, no, genuinely, though. Like, if you think about, you know, I forget at the end of which episode it was. Uh, maybe actually on the head of a pin where Dean's in the hospital and Cass is sitting with him and he's like, maybe I'm just not the kind of man either our fathers thought I was. And he's like crying. Yeah. And Cass is just sitting with him. And, like, we get those scenes with Dean and Cass. But with Bobby or with Sam, it's very much like, what, are we, up, what are we, women? Like, it's just fucking stupid. First of all, it's bullshit. This concept that, like, feelings and emotions can be gendered of all things like it's just ridiculous but it the fact that it comes off of like dean is obviously very upset and not only did he have to like force bobby to sit and listen but bobby has basically been like hey by the way i want to kill myself casual chat you know and dean's like I'd prefer that you not do that considering you're literally the only family I've basically got left other than Sam at this point. Yeah, Dean's like how about you don't do that? And he's been put in this position where like you know how when someone is struggling and it doesn't matter what they're struggling with, whether it's like a particular circumstance or emotional distress or however, whatever, a combination of the two you rely on your village right? The idea is that hopefully you would have at least a few people around you that you can confide in that can help support you, whether that is a professional like a doctor or a psychologist or if that's friends or family members, whoever, however, you've got the network of people around you that can help you get through this particular time, right? They don't really have that. Like Bobby, Dean and Sam have Bobby. Bobby maybe has Rufus. Like maybe, you know, and we don't really hear about Bobby's other friends as such also considering i'm pretty sure it's back in oh what episode is it where all the hunters die yeah exactly like 402 so many people that bobby knows you know have been killed even like ash you know like and ellen and joe are somewhere but you know they're clearly not commonly in touch so bobby's like network bobby's village is literally sam and dean but unlike john Bobby doesn't want to burden his kids with this, you know, how he's not doing very well. And we even get that scene of him literally just sitting there alone in his house after hanging up the phone from Dean, like, not doing anything. Like, he's very depressed. It's really funny because I've never actually thought of it this way, but, like, Sam, Jean, Bobby Mm -hmm. all have the same sort of mentality of, I don't want to burden my children with stuff that they don't need to be burdened with. Mm -hmm. That's really great for Sam because Sam has no children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really great for Sam. Sam has no children. It's less great for Dean because Dean can't burn Sam, mm-hmm. but he can burn Bobby because Bobby is a father figure to him. Yeah. Whereas Bobby sees both of them as children. Mm-hmm. So it's like Bobby has no one. It's like yeah. that sort of like. That's where it I do think it's hilarious in this episode when they're like all, like you've got all three of them at different ages. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, like grandson, parent. Uh-huh. grandfather like like they look like the three generations it looks like dean is bobby's father and then bobby is sam's <laughs> father yeah so like it's you've got you know dean who can't burn sam but he can burn bobby whereas bobby feels like he can't burden either of them mm-hmm. the thing about this is that what john did was burden his children yes right but bobby by confiding in sam and dean that he's not doing well and he needs some more fucking support right now that is not a burden that he is placing on them They love Bobby and they want to help him. That would not be a burden because he's reaching out for support. He's not telling them, 
hey, I'm going on this suicidal mission that's going to destroy your lives. Guess what? You don't have a choice. And also when you grow up, you're going to take the mantle. That's also, what he's doing. If you can't save your brother, you might have to kill him. Yeah, exactly. That's not what he's doing. He is not coping. No. And he doesn't have anyone to confide in. And that's just making everything worse. And he's stuck in his house, you know, and we get the quote from him. What exactly am I living for? The damn apocalypse? Watching men die bloody while I sit in this chair, can't even take a step to help them. I'm not a hunter anymore. I'm useless. And if I wasn't such a coward, I would have stuck a gun in my mouth the day I got back from the hospital. But also, I think that's just not Bobby not seeing his value. Because Bobby's value was never as a physical hunter. Like, obviously, that was a part of the job and he did it really well. Mm -hmm. But nine times out of ten, Bobby's greatest strength, Bobby's greatest asset is his brain. He literally says in this episode... Brain traps legs. Mm -hmm. And it is true. The reason Bobby is so fucking valuable is because he's smart as hell. I would also argue that, like, a person, just in general, a person's value is not based in what they can offer you. Yeah. A person's value is based in who they are. Yeah. And, like, to Sam and Dean, Bobby is not just some hunter they know. Bobby is the closest thing they've ever had to a father. And Dean says to him, like, bottom line is you are our family. It doesn't matter what shape you're in. You have inherent value just because you exist, just because you are someone that I care about. You know, it's not to do with whether or not you're paralyzed. It is to do with the fact that I love you. And that is not going to change just because your abilities have changed. But also, like, where he would be most valuable, even if he wasn't paralyzed, is in coordinating and organizing all the hunters to be able to do things. Mm -hmm. Because... Bobby is probably the most connected hunter in the entire show. Yeah. Like, there is a reason Bobby knows everyone, because Bobby knows exactly who everyone is, where they are, what their strengths are, and Bobby is uniquely situated to be able to point people in the direction that they would be most useful. And his tactical skill is sort of glossed over because he can't walk, which is ridiculous, ridiculous to me, because... His ability to walk was never what made him uniquely good as a hunter. Or valuable as a person. Or valuable as a person. His tactical skills were what made him valuable as a hunter. Mm -hmm. And who he was as a person or who he is as a person is what makes him valuable as a human being. Yeah. Or like, you know, human beings have an inherent value. Any living thing does. Mm -hmm. But the concept of characters believing that they are inherently worth less if they are no longer useful to the people around them for whatever reason... But typically in this way, like Bobby has lost his legs, or not lost them, but you know, he is paralyzed. And so he feels like he is inherently worth less to those around him. Later in, you know, the series, it's very, very similar concept of like, I have lost what was made me useful to you. Therefore, I can't imagine that you would actually want me around anymore. And it's like, that is blatantly false. You are worth more than what you can give me. You, you are not a tool. You are not a thing that I keep around because you're useful. You're a thing or you're a person that I keep around because I like you or I love you and I want you to be there. It's not like, oh, I've got this screwdriver that's in the shed that I just get when I need it. It's like... This show has really interesting ideas about what defines a person's value. This show also has interesting ideas about what value of grayscale is appropriate for a TV show. Because (laughs) once again... It was so great. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know why. Is it because Cass isn't there? Like, <laughs> he, he stocks all the colour out when he leaves. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, we've made jokes before about, like, 
I think Shadow is like, oh, they used their entire lighting budget on that one fucking scene where the whole room went white. We've got an episode coming up that's very bright and colourful, and I'm like, maybe they just used all of their paint. Maybe they used all of the colour saturation they possibly could on this one motherfucking episode, and every other episode this season was just grey because of it. It is the most grey this show has been since season one. Yeah, it's whack. So I have a couple of quick notes. First of all, I think it, we can't not mention that he gave Sam the clap. He did! We don't. There's nothing really to say on no. it. I just think like you can't I was not. so confused before. Like before Dean spelled it out, and I was like, "He gave you the clap." I was like, "Oh, he's he like applauding him because he fucking started the apocalypse or some <laughs> shit." Like, what does this fucking dude know? And then like I was like, <sighs> "I thought it was fun. It's weird, but I thought it was clever. It was clever, but also like, how the fuck did Sam get treatment for that? Like, he's not yeah. covered by health insurance." I think we've got we've had a couple of instances throughout the show where they like have fake health insurance the same way they have like fake credit mm. cards so maybe that how many thousands of dollars do you reckon they are in medical debt oh it's in the triple digits like, like there's no way <laughs> we mentioned before neither is know how to play poker yeah there's one other thing that confuses me a lot in media like this and that is when you go to someone and you're like hey do you know anything about this and they go no and then you like give them money and they're like actually yes i'm like what if they were like, no, I don't know anything. Like, thanks for the $100, but I don't know shit. <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think to be, the reason why they did it, like, specifically in this episode, mm. and yes, sometimes I'm like, but you don't know for a certain that this person actually has the information. Like, you yeah. may just be bribing someone to give you an answer that they genuinely don't know. Yeah. But, like, I do think this episode, like, Dean knew that the bartender, like, 100% knew because he'd had the conversation with the other dude mm-hmm. who had very clearly said, this guy, yeah. This guy here. So I, I think, like, in this episode, it makes sense because it's, like, Dean already had secondary confirmation mm-hmm. that this dude had the information he was looking yeah. for. This is more of, like, a comment just in general. But, like, it's yeah, a tactic where I've always been, like, I don't know, like... It just seems weird. <laughs> to bribe someone that you're not sure has the information. Yeah. What if they just took your money and then they were like, yeah, head down the street, turn left, turn right, knock on the third door. And then you did that and it was just like some fucking random person like, hello, can I help you? It wouldn't be some random person. It'd be the chief. <laughs> you're so right. Anyway. Oh, I wanted to make a quick note. Uh, at the end of this poker game that Sam is playing with Patrick, he is sweating. Oh my goodness. It looks like they took a spray bottle and they just spritzed Jared's clavicle. Like, he is shiny as heck. And I think that's honestly everything that I have for this episode. Like, other than obviously where Bobby's mental health is at, yeah. there's not really a huge amount for in-depth discussion. Like, it's, no. it's very much it's like, a filler episode. We get, like, no yeah. plot-relevant stuff, like... Even, like, the plot-relevant stuff of Bobby's mental health is, like, it's bad. Yeah. They spell out exactly how bad it is in the episode. Like, I don't think there's really too much for us to, like, speculate on or elaborate on or, like, theorize about. It's like, oh, no, it is bad. And they spell out exactly why it is bad. Yeah. One thing I will say is that I do appreciate that they made a point that this has impacted Bobby quite severely. Because obviously if this happens to, and it does happen to people every day. This is a massive life event and it changes a lot of things. Yeah. And also just limiting someone's mobility is never great for their mental health. Yeah. And it can be a huge blow to like independence and feelings of autonomy and, you know, all of these things. Yeah. I'm glad that they devoted time to pointing out like, hey, 
Bobby's not doing very well with this adjustment, you know, and Bobby actually probably needs more support than he's getting. Cause like Sam and he have just been off doing their own thing. And like the audience has been pretty distracted by the apocalypse and everything. Like we're not thinking primarily about Bobby right now. I think it was a nice reminder. And even we get the scene in the episode where like Sam and Dean are like walking up the incline and Bobby has to call out to them and be like, Hey, little help, please. Can someone like like, help me here? Because like, they're not thinking about the fact that this thing that is easy for them and like is second nature for them is now. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not easy and second nature for Dean. (laughs) Dean is also struggling. Like there is a reason why like Sam is the one that goes to help Bobby because like Dean is also struggling and I think it does help that in this episode they did have Dean go through a very, not like the same life change, but a very similar life change to what Bobby's just gone Suddenly through. he's Suddenly. unable to do a lot of the things he's used to doing without thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's why they had Dean talk to him at the end and not Sam. Yeah. Because I do want to point out as well, like, Sam doesn't really interact with Bobby about this, like, at all, but, like, Dean has, like, that quite significant conversation with him. Yeah. My PSA for the day. Do you have any guesses this week? I think I've got a guess. This okay. is this yeah. is coming back to something that we've talked about already, but I like I genuinely can't think of much else for this episode. Okay, I've got a jokey one and I've got a serious one. Yeah. Serious okay. one is if someone that you know is going through something particularly life altering, maybe you should check in on them a little bit. Just a smidge. Just mm-hmm. be like, hey, how's it going? How are you how are you coping? What can I do? And if they, you know, aren't ready to to talk about it, that's fine. But the knowing that you're there, that'll help. My less serious one is don't assume people know how to play poker. <laughs> those are my two. Those are my two guesses. You're wrong. You're not too far off base with one of them, though. Okay. So my PSA of the day is gamble responsibly. Oh, that should have been fucking obvious. Like authorized by the Australian government, Canberra. <laughs> to be fair, though, this entire episode is almost just like an anti-gambling PSA. Do we have anything else to say about no. that? I, I think it stands on its own two feet. Yeah. Like, Gambling can be an addiction which is an illness. If you know someone who's struggling, I mean, there are plenty of hotlines that you can call here in Australia, but I think that that just about does it for today. So, Jamie, how would you rate this week's episode, The Curious Case of Dean Winchester, out of five? I think I'm going to give it a two and a half. Oh, and, that's like, low. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, it just, I think it's definitely important that we got a lot of, like, the Bobby mental health stuff. But, like, at some points it just felt very heavy-handed. I feel like it was just slightly off. I like the Bobby mental health stuff a lot. I think it's really important. I think it could have been baked into a better overall episode. Yeah. We said at the very start of this conversation that it felt kind of lacking. Like, it felt like the bones were there, but, like, it hadn't been fleshed out properly. And honestly, I stand by that initial assessment. Like Nothing wrong with the bones, just the rest of the filling... Especially compared to, like, a lot of the episodes we've had recently. Yeah. Here's the thing. If this episode had been in season three, I think we would have been a lot kinder to it. Yeah. Because, or actually, maybe not season three. Season three has some absolute bangers. Maybe, like, season one or, like, season two, when they were still fighting their feet and the general quality of episodes was less. Yeah. But seasons four stepped up. Season five generally has stepped up thus far. And so... A 2.5 in season 5 is is different to a 2.5 for season 1, yeah. I suppose. For me, it was very, very average. There wasn't a lot of, like, highlights in the episode for me to be like, ah, yeah, I really, like, like this, I really enjoyed this. It was honestly, like, kind of boring. Especially compared to, like, last episode. Yeah. Like, last wild. episode was wild and so interesting. Had 
implications coming out the wazoo. Which is shocking. Even if they were poorly handled, at least they had them. Which is wild because last week was a Darb episode and we've notoriously been pretty yeah. anti-Darb stories and pretty pro-Sarah Gambles. So this is a whack switch for yeah. us. But this one just didn't even acknowledge that there are implications to what they're introducing. And also, I think it also doesn't help the placement in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, to have two filler episodes in a row where we were just starting to fucking pick up the pace of the plot. Honestly, I would argue three. I feel yeah. like 505 is also... Oh, yeah. Also, also absolutely a filler. I'd say like, that 56 is less of yeah. a filler than 55 and 57. Yeah. But it's just like we'd started to pick up the pace of the main plot and then like the last three episodes have just dropped any pretense of caring about the main plot. Mm. Like I think this, I would have felt differently about this episode if like this and 505 were switched. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be the third episode in a row that I'd got nothing. Do you know what is really fun? Right now in my mind, I'm thinking about next episode, which is 508, and everyone listening will know which episode and what's coming. And I'm imagining that meme of Gordon Ramsay where he's like, finally some good fucking food, but it's your face. You're like, they're giving me nothing. I'm like, they're about to feed you. <laughs> it's just because it's the third. It's like, I am now sick of feeling. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, like, we're running out of time. Like, yeah. we're coming up to the end of Kripke, and we're like, okay, come on, kids. Let's uh, hop to it. And, yeah. It, it come seems... on, get on your shoes. Get in the car. Like, we've got to leave now. Like, <laughs> exactly. And Sarah Gamble's there as, like, a two-year-old going, no, I just want to write about a magical poker player. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next episode is titled Changing Channels. Jamie, do you have any thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, predictions, fears? So I did watch the soon segment at the end of Fallen Idols. Yes, and, and I'm very upset about it. <laughs> I saw little snippets of the upcoming episodes. So I think I'm going to attribute a whole bunch of those snippets to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Specifically because Changing Town Channels makes me think of TV. Uh-huh. And in those snippets, I saw like a game show set, like a sitcom set. So I think they're going to be stuck in like some sort of TV world. And I think it's going to be the trickster episode of the season because that sounds like the thing that the trickster would do. It would, like, it would fit an MO. That is on brand for him. <laughs> okay. The next question is, do we think Cass will be in next week's episode? Yes. Yes? 100%. I don't think there would be a demand for a live reaction with an episode without Cass. <laughs> like, does, does that make... Like, I feel like... It's not so much, like, that the presence of Cass is particularly, like, notable, Mm. but I just think that an episode that warrants a live reaction is also an episode that warrants Cass. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I love that thought process. So, that just about does it for today's episode. Hopefully, you have had just as much fun listening as we have had recording. If you wanted to get in touch with us, you can find us on any of our socials, all of which will be in the links in the descriptions below. And if you wanted to reach out and have a chat, some possible topics for conversation could include... How the fuck poker works? Oh, like, God, yeah. I am... Does anyone know? Like, quite genuine. I mean, we could just, like, look up a tutorial on YouTube. Yeah. But we're fucking lazy. And it would be way more fun to have someone try to explain it to us than, like, an anonymous on Tumblr. Like... Ooh, I want everyone to approximate how much the boys have in medical debt. Yeah. How much money do they owe various hospitals, etc., for medical care? Remembering that it's the US too, so yeah. it's not like they don't have Medicare. No. I mean, they've got like Obamacare, but I yeah. don't really know what the equivalent is. No. Is like, equivalent a word? I would have used the word equivalent, but... Look, it's fine. You know what I mean. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs>